So for that like cold open thing, uh, got any ideas? Uh, no. Hello and welcome to Eternal Turtles. I'm your host Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? <laughs> Dude, our battles battles are the future, in a good way or a bad way. I, you know, I, I don't think I, so first off, I haven't seen a single battle that I'm like, ooh, I'm just like, this slots directly into a legacy deck. So yeah. uh, I'm not too worried about them as like a new thing. Like they're not going to make your Tarmogoyce playable. You know, like, I don't think uh, anybody right now, what we've seen with battles, I think it looks like a fine limited mechanic and it'll probably see play in standard, you know, maybe, maybe modern, you know, maybe pioneer. <laughs> There are some cards that make uh, make it a grind fest, man. Well, I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll get to oh, yeah. them, but yeah. Yeah, I think I think, and I honestly, all that seems fine to me. I don't have any issue right now with like like I said, none of them really affect uh, legacy that I that I've noticed. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. Um, I think uh, you know it, it's interesting. So we did the Moros teasers last week. Uh, some of that stuff we'll, we'll go over. Some of that, like what we got, what we got right that we know about. Um, it's still yeah, early can, can, in spoiler season, though. Yeah, right now we have uh, what like a hundred, almost hundred and sixty cards of two seventy one. So this is part one yeah. of the the spoilers that we got so far. And there there are some interesting role players. I think that uh, will be worth testing and potentially like finding homes. Like there are some powerful cards that, but n nothing seems overwhelming to me, which is good. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I yeah, especially that that you know I, we're. <laughs> Just give us like six months where we can just kind of solidify what the metagame looks like before you, before more stuff gets added. I, mean, I think like dude, by the time uh, the Lord of the Rings stuff comes in, I'm sure some of that's going to see play in Legacy. Do you want to do a quick breakdown of the of, of, of the meta and what it what it looks like right now? Yeah, let, let's seems, actually seems do pretty that. obvious. It seems like a good time to, to, to do that. So this is the, this is what like a month after the expressive iteration. Uh, Ban. So people are still figuring out Delver, but the the metagame is blue or Delver in whatever mixture you want of that, but in a way that's like not necessarily egregious. Uh, I mean, outside of like the egregious cards from Modern Horizons too. But then otherwise, the format is Urza is exactly Urza Saga and combo. Yeah, and it's like it. Rihanna. So looking at uh, MTG Goldfish for like the top ten decks uh, it, through MetaShare, it's Reanimator eight cast. Is it Delver? Uh, is tied with eight cast at like seven point one, and then Cephala Breakfast Painter, Sneak and Show, uh, Rug Delver apparently, uh, Death Shadow, Death and Taxes, and Blue Zenith. What like I don't even know what Blue Zenith is. What's Blue Zenith? Blue Zenith is just like um, it's like your Yorion everything every good card in the deck. Okay. Deck. So yeah. So that's that's really interesting. So eight cast is now is now in the top three, basically top two deck because it's eight cast and Delver and then reanimate is seeing a lot of play. And that might be because of the online meta uh, being being just more friendly to play uh, uh, reanimator and, and Atraxa. We, I mean, we call it Atraxa. Atraxa's uh, getting a lot of leverage in that deck. So I, I'm not surprised to see reanimator uh, scaling up. Yeah, I think like the, the card that gets the biggest boost from the bands is just Urza Saga. Like yeah. the, b between Painter like every every variation of painter mono black yeah uh, like all, all of the decks that do anything with urza saga in them they're urza saga first like yeah. 
what, what they are after Urza Saga is like incidental. And I, I mean, tell me if I'm if I'm being uh, too hardlined about it. I mean, you have way more reps with Acast than oh, I Oh, no. I mean, I, I 100%. That deck is... Uh, I, I think that the reason why people lose in the mirror uh, is because they're not leveraging uh, Saga enough. Or they're like, ah, I'll do this instead of using Saga. And it's just like, just... just Spam versus Saga at people. Like, yes. just get 8-8s and, like, win the game. It, it's stupid and easy and, like, then then let your opponent deal with the fact that, like, you have an Emery in play or whatever, like, later. I think that, like, just getting getting your leverage out of out of uh, Urza Saga is the is the best thing you can be doing in the format right now. Yeah, Urza Saga just does so, so much for so little and it, like, makes it so that all of these other things are, like, uh, these otherwise powerful combos just have free backup plans and uh, better consistency. It just does it all. Like, I think Urza Saga is probably the most broken card that's in the format at the moment. I mean, that's in tandem with Ancient Tomb, right? Like, you know, sure. you can't have one. You don't yeah. have one without, without the other. Um, but even still, you have, like, you, you do have uh, Urza Saga without Ancient Tomb represented. Like, Breakfast is an Urza Saga deck. You know, it still plays Urza yeah. Saga and leverages the fact that it can just go beatdowns uh, between either being uh, a Baleful Strix or a Stoneforge Mystic deck. But either way, like, it's still using Constructs to great effect when yeah. it doesn't... when it, But it also incidentally has a combo, similar to how Painter incidentally has a combo. But it's like, the the way that it always works is the legacy power level thing to do for each deck is Urza Saga. And yeah. then Urza Saga just tells you what it wants for the, for the B plan. So it's like, you want Urza Saga, therefore you want Shuko, therefore you want the Breakfast combo. You have Urza Saga, therefore you want Grindstone, therefore you want the Painter combo. You know, it's like uh, it, it the Urza Saga just does it all for so yeah. many for so many different decks. It's like it it, it is a, a a hard pillar, and then you have like Dark Ritual as a hard pillar right now, and then yeah. uh, still you have like you have your Shadow and Delver deck, so you still have your Threat Wasteland Days Shell. Yeah, and sometimes so even and sometimes people are even playing Stifle. <laughs> yeah, and then and then and then you have like the the tier two outliers that are like you know your uh adjusted dnt your adjusted yeah like good cards pile you know yeah well before we get too far into like and into like legacy and the meta and all that stuff because i think i think it's important when uh when we have a win right phil when we have a win we should celebrate that win and celebrate the win bro uh well the win last week was me calling uh uh, the the legendary creatures. Now we haven't gotten the legendary elder giant dog, but I think I'm gonna be right on that. But we did get Yadaro and and Kogla, uh as the the Gamera King Kong uh, combo. Uh, we 100% called at the start of the episode. We called Borborigmos and Fibblethip. Uh, so that's that's huge. Uh, we got I mean, some I'm, other like it's pretty... unfortunate that we didn't get uh, Veldrain of Eldrain though. Oh man. You know, I'm not even mad about it though. Like the Grandma and gear, we've been doing shorts for the last week, and and, and we're kind of pumping those out. So if you get a chance to see the shorts or whatever, like those or whatever, whatever you have to do to make shorts happen, help help us out with that because I'm I'm help like trying to pump one out every day now. Um, but we got the Grandma and gear one, uh, and Grandma and gear, man, uh, just the art on that just looks like just looks so cool. Like I, I'm. I have to assume she's she's at she's an Innistrad right now, uh, you know, turning the turning the tide no, of the she's, battle. She's, she's, she's on Homelands, bro. You think she's on Ogrotha? I think she's on Ogrotha. Yeah, I don't. I don't she's not. She's not traveling. They're not traveling characters between planes yet. You don't think? 
No, I think she's on. I think she's on Ogrotha. I think. I still, I still, ten, I'm still tinfoil hatting that uh, she, she's either like on, uh, on uh, Innistrad, and Innistrad is Ogrotha, or, or uh, she, she's on Eldraine, and Eldraine is Ogrotha. I think Eldraine is is uh, sorry. I think Ogrotha is actually another plane, and that's just why we haven't heard about it for so long. Uh, but so I, I don't think say, we've like, gotten that information spoiled yet. By the time people are watching this, maybe it'll be spoiled. But like, I, I honestly like, I have like great tinfoil hat theories about about what's going on with that. I was saying that we get a we have a lot of the a, a lot of the battles that they've spoiled so far. I mean, a lot of them are from planes we've been to, but a lot of them are from planes that like we just haven't. Well, like, let's talk about Segovia. Uh, you called that last week, and there's an invasion of Segovia card. And and, and I think that one's <laughs> probably the, the the closest to that's. It's one of the closest to playable battles in Legacy, I think. Yeah, and that was the deepest cut as far as like a lore thing, because like I didn't even like really know about that. But that's like that's a callback even to like Segovian Leviathan, which is a three three Leviathan instead of an eleven eleven Leviathan, right? Or a ten ten. That's a, that's the throwback, right? That's what they're yeah. doing. That's pretty. So that was pretty cool. Um, what else we got? Uh, Ren and Realm Breaker. I called that. Uh, uh, we did not get the Sword of Death and Dreams or the Sword of Discard and Draw. It was the Once and Future, which is a TH White reference. This is pretty cool. Um, let's see. Did we get any of these other like cool, uh, cool things? Uh, we didn't really see anything else. But I, I wanted to. I wanted to celebrate those wins that we had. Uh, the double face token incubator thing w was also on there. Um, but that to me, like, I just, I, you know, like we, we rarely get to do those like fact check, uh, situations where we like can go back, you know, cause no one cares, you know, like six months from now when we have all, all the answers and we go back, it's like, no one wants to watch, uh, 45 minutes of me and Phil talking about like what we got yeah. right in a spoil in a teaser, you know, like five months ago, they're already on to the new, the new set, you know, I'm going to hold out for Veldrain of Veldrain until we actually get to Eldrain. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Veldrain of Veldrain is 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 the new. Well, we have the T-shirt, right? Like the T-shirts, the T-shirts up. You can go get the T-shirt. Um, that's either that, that's either my that's in line with my biggest miss alongside Dreadheart Arcanist, or it comes to fruition and I'm an actual fucking god. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, so let's talk about some of the new cards, right? So we've got a couple of a, a couple of uh, at least interesting cards so far that have been that have been spoiled. Oh yeah, yeah I, I almost I, forgot the. Uh, C double was the was the uh, this cannot be copied. We were right. It was a spell that copies a spell. So yeah, because you know if they if they don't have that clause on there, then it naturally just, just goes, goes infinite nuts. with itself. Yeah, that's it, that it, would it, be it, silly. it naturally goes infinite. Yeah, like you cast it and then you can choose both modes and then you just choose to copy itself and then it just goes infinite by itself. So yeah. they kind of have to put a clause on there to say that you can't it can't be copied or you can't or it can't be targeted or whatever you know. Yeah. So my my first. Like the first card I'm seeing that like I think might be able to see play, like this is a ugh, might be able to see play, is actually Invasion of Ravnica because it's colorless. Uh, and I think so, there's I, I I think there's a couple like if you if you want to roll down the spoiler, I actually think there's more than the more than. Oh yeah, yeah. Beyond. Let's let's get on. I'm on. I'm sitting on the wrong on the wrong site. Let me go to uh, uh, Mythic spoiler, and we'll go right down from the top. Uh, from from what's been uh the newest spoilers, right? We want to do it that way. Uh, let's go from the top on the original because they, they the stack original. it. Okay, they stack it by rarity. That's fair. I think that the we we have the planeswalkers are out. We have the the lead mythics are out for each of the uh, the praetors except for 
uh, Urabrask, and it's unclear if we're going to get an Urabrask because he, in the story, gets he did get kind of killed, right? He, he got turned into Alishorn, like a, yeah. uh, an incubate. So token. either they, either we get uh, a version of Urabrask before that happens, or uh, he's just missing from the cycle. But it would be weird if they didn't complete the cycle, right? But yeah. The, the, well, I mean, the that, that's when you can uh, you you can take your Praetor deck and like add Eben Praetor to it as your uh, as your mm -hmm. fifth Praetor. We have um, at, at all the Praetors, except for Elishnorn are five, that we have so far, Judith Taxes, Shieldred, and Vorinclex. They're all five mana, and they all do really powerful things. They all have game-winning backsides. So they all have, like, the Transform yeah. into a Saga, whatever. But they're all really expensive. Yeah, and five mana is just so much for Legacy, right? Five mana plus their activations are really expensive. I don't see any of them any of them seeing play. There's just better yeah. things to be doing. I think Elishnorn is probably the closest because it does a lot of things, and it opens up... Uh, a really powerful game-ending effect for something that has never really had it before, which yeah. is uh, there isn't a tokens deck in Legacy because the format's just way too fast. Yeah, there's no, like, Aristocrats-style uh, deck, right? Between Dark Ritual and Urza Saga, both promoting just, like, insanely fast combo decks that do all of the things really, really fast, it's kind of hard to have, like, a your grindy sort of, like, go-wide strategy that's trying to, like, line up against removal and stuff because you just get... Your, your deck just doesn't even get online before the game is over. Yeah. However, uh, what Elishnorn does do is it's a 3-5 for 2 white-white, so it's 4 mana, it has Vigilance. Whenever a source an opponent controls deals damage to you or a permanent you control, that source's controller loses 2 life unless they pay 1, right? So in a lot of respects, this it, it, it's you or a permanent you control. So in terms of like the line of like uh, trying to figure out how to stop an Urza Saga from beating you down, if you block and it deals damage, they lose life. Unless they ta their mana is taxed, yeah. right? So like that's not that that's a big deal. Like that that's it's subtle and it's positional, but it's it's interesting. And then it actually has a, a much cheaper activation cost of two and a white sacrifice three other creatures, uh, exile and then return it back flipped. And then the saga is just an unbeatable backside. Yeah, the saga is is create three what five no, two it's, twos. It's five two twos. They, the next turn they all get double strike and plus one plus one. So that's what thirty damage. You're just swinging for lethal. <laughs> Yeah. And then if and then if that doesn't work, you plague win the board. Then it and plague then, wins the board and you keep all your stuff. Yeah. You keep pretty, all your, pretty it, ridiculous. It plague wins your opponent, you keep all your stuff and then just get Elishnorn back. Yeah. And, and you have and and you have the tokens, obviously, to flip it back over again. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it fuels itself. So it, it, it's the type of card where once you like if you have it, I mean it's soft to Caracas as is as is every legend it doesn't have an E to B effect. But uh it's whenever an opponent deals damage to you or permanent you control. So uh, they have to be dealing the damage, but it still counts if they block. You know, yeah. They have their their sources are still dealing damage to you too. So there's a lot of subtle nuance to its second ability, and then its flip ability is just lights out. It's just game over. So I think that there there is space for Elish Norn to potentially open up a deck, uh, particularly because there was also. Um, that's also in the artifact space that we got from Unfinity, which is one of the better token makers that's ever been made. Which is. Uh, it's the clown one. It's one in a white. Uh, it's it, I forget. It's a one in a white sorcery that makes two one one clowns. Okay. But then you roll a dice, and if you, if the dice is uh, if the a result is, I think less or more than the number of clowns you control, you make an additional clown. So you have a two thirds shot of getting a third token for two mana. So, yeah. Okay. So if you think I have a sixty six percent chance of getting three tokens on the first time I activate it. 
that means that for the most part, you're winning coin flips going into a match, and that's where you want to be. So if you're like 66% of the time, this is going to make me three bodies, then you can go on two mana, make three bodies, Elish Norn. Those are your three bodies that you could you could sack to then flip Elish Norn. And now we're in a space where you're you're actually doing some powerful stuff. We're we're entering we're entering that like it almost like a Mardu deck that like doesn't exist in the format yet. Like someone call Nate. You know, like this is well, this yeah, is the I'm card that, that I think could 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 like lean us towards that that way. I'm saying the Elish Norn the, the 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 flip side like the activated flip effect is it is such a powerful and like these backsides are so powerful that the idea that you actually can pull it off in legacy will be game ending. Yeah. Right, like it is over. It is an overwhelming amount of an advantage that no that that just goes over the top of everything else that your opponent would be trying to do, unless they are combo killing you. So, yeah. if, if you have a, if you have strong enough enablers, you do need three other bodies for to sack to Elishnorn. But there are a lot of cards that are on the fringes that it's like you wouldn't play them in a vacuum. But if the sum equals greater than the, their parts, you know it's it, there is space for that, right? Like, yeah. I, I think that Elishnorn is the closest of them. Uh, uh, moving so down. Yeah, as okay, saying, mo moving down from there, I, I think you know I, I, only because we've we've made it a meme now. We have to talk about Ren and Realm Breaker because you don't sleep on three mana planeswalkers. Yeah, I I think that Ren and Realm Breaker it strikes me more as uh, like you really need to be paying off the fact that your lands become rainbow lands. Yeah, you know I I, I think that that's the, like everybody as far as I've, I've seen everybody's just like yeah you want to get to the ultimate because once you can play land and cast permanent spells from your graveyard for the rest of the game like you're never losing which is true that's fair and it goes up to five immediately but like it it's not the best at protecting itself it's not helping like any of the decks that want to be in this space you only pull cards from the ones that you mill so you can't really play with non-permanent cards so it sort of limits the kind of decks that you can play it in so I, I think if you are doing something like this, that you'd, you'd really need to be paying off the fact that it's fixing your mana and making all your lands rainbow lands. Yeah. And part of that, you know, that that's where I think, like, if you can get into the space of what are lands with effects that aren't necessarily producing you, either producing you mana at all, like Maze of It, or not producing you uh, colored mana, like all of your utility lands. It's like well, maybe so there's I think, space I think something you sort of glossed over there a little bit is the fact that when you ultimate this, if it dies, you can just play it again immediately. Yeah, yeah, no, I get like that. You like mentioned the, that, but like, I, I think you got, I think you just went right over it. Like, the, the fact that's super powerful being able to like ultimate a planeswalker and then just getting it right back, you know, like, I, yeah, and I'm saying that like the, the, the trade off is it's like there are plenty of other uh, effects in this in the that you could play that it's like if you cast this and it goes to five immediately and then it doesn't get touched, it's five, six, seven, and then you ultimate on the fourth turn that it comes in. So, yeah, it's like theoretically it's a spend for win the game. But that's literally every planeswalker that's playable. Yeah, so it, exactly. that, that's where I mean it's like I, I I I struggle to see what deck would want this combination of effects that aren't paying off the that that aren't just oh yeah the ultimate is game breaking and yeah that's the case for every planeswalker. That's yeah. where I'm like the only thing that you get immediately for free because it doesn't untap the land right so it's not like it can protect itself either and then it because it doesn't on uh, like if you play this on three if you're on the draw it's also not going to kick down your opponent's planeswalker because that land is going to be tapped so you can't attack with it. You know what I mean? Right. So like, there yeah. are. It's like if this untapped the land on three, and then just turned down your opponent's planeswalkers, and then this is just like the cheapest planeswalker killer you can play. It's like okay, yeah, maybe that's a thing. But because the only thing that you're actually guaranteed, unless you're contorting your deck to make sure that you only are playing with permanents, so that you when you mill cards, you're getting the you're getting a card, is you getting rainbow lands. So you have to be 
I would think that you would need to pay that off. You need to pay off the fact that you're yeah. all these colors and that the, you can the issue with this is like it, it's super good with wasteland if you hit that ultimate like you can basically get back to the point where, where renin six was a thing right yeah, yeah. i mean it's you're, not you're, it's yeah. not doing it right out of the gate so it also costs three and not two which is it costs three thing. it's double green you know yeah. it's like it's a lot I, that's I, that's asking a lot and you're obviously not going to just slot it into a delver deck now because every delver deck should <laughs> should still be a two-color delver deck you know, uh, there, are, there are spots where it's like the way that they have things worded also means stuff too. Lands you control have add one minute of any color. If it said lands you control are all basic land types, like if it gave you the prismatic omen yeah. ability oh, right, yeah, as a yeah. static, like that that would open up a lot more space because like yeah. caring about land types matters. This one just make it, that, that's what I mean. It's like it's it feels way too pigeonholed to me, and yeah. I don't know what deck I don't know what deck would want it now in a way where it's like Elish Norn doesn't have a deck. But it's powerful enough that it could spawn one. It could create one, it's, yeah. It's it's not going to be tier one or anything, but it could spawn a a reasonably powerful deck that's doing interesting things mm. that can be doing be doing powerful things in a way that other decks aren't because they don't have the same interest in those kinds of effects of making a bunch of bodies. Yeah. But there's but, but there's um what's it called in in the next row when we get down here we can just talk about it now. But there's a card yeah. called Pylon. And Pylon's three and a black. It's an instant with Convoke. It says destroy target creature or Planeswalker Surveil 2. So it's a it's potentially a free removal spell. It's a potentially a free hero's downfall, yeah. right? And we have another card like that at called speed, Lethal Scheme. You know? At instant speed, there's another card like that from a commander product called Lethal Schemes, which is two black great. black Convoke. It's destroy everything, and then uh, you connive for each creature that you use to Convoke it. So similarly, that card can also be cast for free and leverage some kind of advantage. This one gives you Surveil 2. That one gives you Convoke equal to the number of creatures that Surveilled, or equal to the number of creatures that Convoked. So now there's uh, a density of eight like good removal spells that can that is that are Convokable, and that that means that like, oh, these are all the removal spells that you would want for your Merc Tides or for your opponent's Minskin Boos or whatever, because they both hit creatures and Planeswalkers. Yeah. So, and they give you additional advantage, right? So okay. There's a good suite of removal spells here that we can play for free while we're using our mana to generate the cards that are producing the bodies. And now we have this insane payoff in Elishnorn. And now there's like, oh, maybe there's like some cool black-white tokens thing that we can really lean into and then splash for whatever other color that you would need to shore up, you know, give yourself some enablers like, uh, you know, your old fucking Goblin Bombardment or whatever. But yeah. it's like, there, there, there's, I feel like there's space for those cards where I don't see it for Ren and Roundbreaker, but... I mean, if, if if you do, you can happily beat me at the next uh, large SCG we go to. You know? <laughs> I will. I will lose to you in the first round of a uh, SCG event. I'm sure. So um, new new card spoiled to literally today as we're filming is called Zephyr Singer. It's two blue blue, so it's four mana for a three four flying vigilance pirate, and it has convoke. And it says uh, when it enters the battlefield, put a flying counter on each creature that convoked it. So again, this just in a, a two, <laughs> ma two mana three four flying vigilant creature potentially if you're playing with bodies yeah that's uh i, no, I mean that, that's like what, what's that sea stompy <laughs> yeah dude you got, you got I mean, stompy, here, right we got some pirates going on yeah yeah i think elish norn is too expensive i don't think it's gonna see play yeah i'm not sorry uh, not, not elish Norn, not archangel elspeth yeah no no that's uh i think four mana for for what is basically a downgraded gideon uh ally ally of, of zendikar you know like we could just play Gideon, right? If we want to, if yeah. we want to, not have our planeswalkers get hit by red and red and blue blast. Um, Invasion what, of Tarkir. What, it's a it's our first battle, one in a red. 
when uh, it enters the battlefield, reveal any number of dragon cards from your hand. If you do, it deals X plus two damage to any target where X is the number of cards revealed this way. The only deck that's playing a dragon right now is Burktide Regent Delver, right? Well, no, uh, no, no, no. I think that uh, th there are some number of dragon cards that are being shifted into uh, uh, Red Stompy. So this could see play in Red Stompy. I don't know that it would want to. Yeah, I think I, I think that mo for the most part, it. I think that the line for the battles in Legacy is that it has to be able to feed itself. So yeah. it has to produce the bodies that you would be able to attack the siege with or the battle with. And this one not doing that because when it ETBs, you you it, it's to any other target. So it can't target yeah. the battle itself. Uh, and so it's in my mind, it's not worth it. But there are a couple of battles that produce the bodies that it, either they give you either they're just a spell that you'd want to play and they give you a, a bunch of value in which case okay fine but otherwise if you want like the backside of the battle i think it needs to produce the and there are a couple that do it but it needs to produce the bodies that are able to attack it so it's it's self-sufficient you know what i mean yeah well speaking of that then you have the invasion of segovia right invasion of segovia is the one that i think is closest a because yeah. it's it's one of the cheaper ones it's two and a blue uh, when Invasion of Segovia enters the battlefield, create two 1-1 one, one blue Kraken creature tokens with Trample. So there's something to be said there if you're playing with any pump effects. You know, if you're playing with a walker that puts counters on your stuff or whatever, it's like Tramples, it's not nothing. Uh, and then the backside, the backside's really where it gets hot. Now, remember, it's a legendary creature, so it's still soft to Caracas, but it says non-creature spells you control, non-creature spells you cast have Convoke. And then at the beginning of your end step, untap up to four target creatures. So by itself, it's going to produce three creatures for you. And then... Making it so that you're uh, that's a really powerful ritual effect because yeah. Convoke Convoke cares about the colors that you play. So let's say you have Invasion of Scovia, it gives you the two one ones, it has four defense points, it's giving you the bodies to be able to attack it with. If you can then churn it out, let's say we live in a fantastic world where you just get to have it all. If you flip both and now you have two one ones and a three three, so you have five power for three mana, that's also now effectively just a bunch of moxin, like they're all mox sapphires. Like, that's powerful. You can cast your cantrips yeah. for free. You know, like you're doing stuff. Yeah, if you have two uh, two blue uh, krakens that are basically islands, right? Like, whoops, I have a counter spell in my hand. You know, that kind of thing. Like, so that that is interesting in that it, it just like, anytime you can start casting spells for, for what is basically free, uh, you know, the, it's just you know it's worth it's worth keeping an eye on it's worth considering this is this is the this is a, a one that's pretty interesting to me uh but also because it's not necessarily dead in multiples right first off it's blue obviously pitching whatever but yeah. like the 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 fact is you get to decide whether or not you want to attack a battle right so if you get if you attack the first one and get uh Kytus, the backside that the 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 serpent that's giving you the um convocability if you play another one for more bodies, those bodies are, you're paying two mana, but then you get two back to be able to cast your non-creature spells. So it's one mana for two bodies, effectively, because they're just producing mana rocks for you. And then until they get rid of the Kytus, you don't have to attack the other battle. You can yeah, the, 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 other the, thing, the other thing that I think uh, we should mention about battles is like, I expected on, at first blush, just looking at this card, uh, these cards, like I, I expected that if you were putting them into play and you're like choose an opponent to defend this your opponent was going to get some sort of a bonus while it was in play the fact that that's not the case like that's what makes these things playable is like there's not some weird like uh detriment that you have if if this thing just sits on the board and you just like get a payoff from the front end of it this is also one of the cards that i also look at is if you were looking at okay what are the thing what are the token 
things that I would want for like the new that for that Alex Norn sort of tokens deck, this is the sort of card that I would lean towards as well. Right. Yeah. It's like it's a token maker with a really nice payoff on the backside that would then let you use that stuff to generate even more bodies to continue going even wider. And then any sort of draw engine that you would have to like further that, you know, like th there's a lot of space there where it's like if every creature you produce is a mox, like we're, we're, we're getting into territory to do like some really crazy shenanigans that it's like, we, we, how, how do we even think about it at this point? You know, so I want to play a game with you. It's called buy or sell. Uh, yeah. Let's say that I said that if uh, we could get you a uh, a three mana two four that uh, can attack, but if you cast spells, it creates an XX uh, that sits on the board until you miracle, right? And they stay on the board, and then you can just pay two mana to start attacking with them. Would you buy or sell that card? Uh, so the okay, so you're saying incubator token isn't a creature; it's just an artifact. It's, yeah, it's just there. it's just an artifact that just sits on the board until until you decide that uh, you've wrapped the board and you want to start attacking. Yeah, so we're talking about Chrome Chrome Host Seed Shark yeah. for anybody who's following along. Yeah, here's 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 why I wouldn't buy, why I'm, I wouldn't buy this first. We had a card that was very similar to this in Innistrad, that was essentially a blue mentor that made decayed tokens. And yes. then during your upkeep, if you wanted, you could flip it into an anthem and it would make it so that your creatures wouldn't decay. They were just 3-3 three, three zombies. Uh, and I remember that when that came out, I was like, oh, this is Blue Mentor. It's making 2-2s two instead of 1-1 one, one prowess, but 2-2s two are still, you know, that's effectively prowess once. And then when you want to flip it to, like, uh, ambush your opponent with 3-3s, three, like, this is a pretty good rate for 3 mana. It's a 3 mana 2-2. Two, two. Now, this one's a 2-4, so it's not going to die to bolt, but the fact that it is blue, like one of the most powerful parts of Mentor was that it wasn't blue. Yeah, it wasn't going to get red like, blasted, like, right? Like not get, not losing to red blast is part of the reason that Mentor excels. Like the, it, it can't be blue blasted or red blasted. And that was part of the reason why it excels. So based off of, we've seen a sort of card like this before in, I'm forgetting, it was like Poppet Stitcher or something. Yeah. Because we've seen a version of this card before and the fact that like this one, yes, it will make fatter incubator tokens but those tokens still cost two mana to flip yeah. you know so it's like you're not actually generating i mean if any you force you know, of will somebody's thing get a five five that like isn't a five five until after you've like wiped the board because like attackers are coming in i here's the that's thing. where i see this card like be, being a thing is like being able to get the value of like wiping the board and then being like now i can attack you with my guys i'll tell you I'm, I'm higher on this card because it's a two four flyer it sits in front of everything delver is doing outside of murktide really well yeah so yeah. I'm, 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 I'm... If only the incubate the, tokens flew. This is the type of card where it's like, if it's, if it's not, uh, I don't think it will be chased. So like, if this card is like a couple of bucks, yeah, I'm going to pick up copies of it because, yeah. the, you know, there is a world It's a rare, I'm, so I don't think it'll, it'll, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be wrong on this card, but historically, the Monastery Mentor variants that are blue have not shaped up in Legacy. Yeah. And like, because Delver is one of the, the top decks... But th because this is slower, right? You have to do the spell and then invest two more mana. And I think that the, that Urza Saga and Dark Ritual make the format so fast right now that you spending three mana on a two-four flyer to then want like Mentor isn't played right now because it's slow. Yeah. It, because Urza Saga is doing everything that Mentor is doing, but better, and then helps you combo kill faster. So it, it, it strikes me as the these types of cards that want to exist and then do other things when Urza Saga's around, it's just not going to happen. I think Urza Saga's going to do a lot of uh, 
oppression on the format in a way in in, in terms of speed. Yeah. You know, it's like either you either you are also a combo deck that can has an I win button, or you have to be able to deal with, you know, uncounterable eighteen power on turn three. And if, if a card can't actually handle that, it's just it's gonna get overwhelmed. I wish City on Fire was playable because I, I would love to see somebody like get convoke out City on Fire and then like just be like, Okay, well I guess I'll double fire blast you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but that's just City not gonna happen. It's five red, 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 so it's eight mana, but it has Convoke, and it says uh, sources that you control deal triple damage. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Bloodfeather Phoenix. If this card had haste, I think it could see play. It is a 2-2 two -two that can't block with flying, and whenever an instant or sorcery uh, you control deals, combat, uh, deals damage to an opponent or a battle, you may pay one red. If you do return it to the, uh, to the battlefield from the graveyard, it gains haste. If it had haste out of the gate, I think this card could see play. I, I just don't think I, that... Uh, I don't know, man. We're, we're getting in this space. Like, if, if only Punishing Fire was still a relevant card, but this is another card that you'd love to pitch with your Punishing Fire. Yeah. And then Punishing Fire, and then just do the whole all the grindy shenanigans, right? Yeah. All the grindy I, I mean, it, you, there could be, like, in, and, you know, uh, maybe there's a red version. We've already got Faithful Suiting in, in, in that, like, very, like, tier four uh, deck with the, uh, what's the, uh, like, six mana pitch or five mana pitch guy that's like a four four it gets two less for each card that you pitch oh the march the marches no it was it, it was a artifact that was a four 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 for five mana and it cost two less for each card that you discarded this turn uh hollow one hollow one yeah yeah so uh it, it, in like a hollow one style situation this could this could be like another thing but like then you also have to play lightning bolt or something so it, it's tough because, uh, you know, uh, I, I, there's no build for a, a, a deck like this yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a pretty good rate, though. Like, yeah. I mean, you discard it, you bring it back, and it's a one-mana 2-2 two -two haster that, like, when you sack it, you can continue to do doing stuff. I think you just need something to ensure that you turn Stonic it on. burst. The, the first thing that came to mind <laughs> as a recursive spell that would turn this on is uh, Punishing Fire. But Punishing Fire has been outclassed because every, everything in Delver outside of Delver doesn't care yeah. about Punishing Fire. And then... The, all of the other creatures in the format are Urza Saga tokens, and those are all 9-9s, nine -nine, so it's like, who cares? Yeah. Uh, uh, shout out to uh, Into the Fire for being a uh, Metallica quote. Into the Fire, yep. We, it's a, Into two, the two Fire! It's a sorcery, uh, and it won't... Uh, I don't think it's going to see play outside of, like, somebody needing a, a, a pseudo-wheel effect. But I Wheel, think wheel and deal in, uh, in EDH, that's, have, that's it. You have the better card that is a... Uh, it's a, it can also be a land, and I think it's more valuable. Deep Root Wayfinder is a 2-3 for 1 and a green that says when it deals combat damage to a player or battle, you surveil one, and then you may return a land card from the graveyard to the battlefield tapped. So I'm seeing, like... I just wish this, this is, could get It's a wasteland through. lock. It's a yeah. wasteland lock. I mean, if you, can, if you can get it out early enough and, and actually lock down your opponent with it before they can cast anything else, amazing. But a 2-3 just ain't cutting it these days, man. Here's, here's the thing that it does do, though, right? I get that a 2-3 doesn't cut it, but one thing that it that it because it lets you pick up a land every turn, it, it is a cheaper crucible of world that way. I get that you have to deal combat damage, but it is surveil, so it's fueling. It's it's very reminiscent of life from the loam. Yeah, it may not look at it at first glance because, but like dredge three versus pick up three lands. This is a two three that surveils one and then lets you pick up a land. Like it's doing similar spaces in terms of like the stuff where you want to lock your opponent in some capacity, and. Or, or pick up a fetch or fix your man. Like, it, it's doing a lot. I, I I don't know if it'll see play, but it, it has all of the makings of a card that you would want 
Like I could see this being in Legacy and just be like, yeah, I, I am going to fucking strip mine the shit out of you. And I have all of these ways to do it. And now I have a two man, another two mana way to do it that you have to answer. Like if you go land Mox Diamond, dump a land, play the Wayfinder, right? All right, well, you're threatening whatever land you pitched at the very least, right? Yeah, you're put you're 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 put you're putting the onus on them, right? Like that's that that's it's similar. Like if you if you pitch the land and then yeah, play, I guess I guess with Mox Diamond, this this card could be pretty pretty brutal actually. You, you play Mox Diamond and then pick up the land that you pitched with Mox Diamond with your life from the loam, and now the loam's in your graveyard, and you've already made it through development, and now you're just going to be loaming every turn for the rest of the game. Like, all right, at that point, you're like, yeah, I'm just going to lock you out now, yeah. right? Because like I'm, I'm eventually they'll I'm they'll start drawing you. lands, and then you'll just be like Dark Depths. And this is the this is a similar space where it's like. All right, well, either you have the bolt or the plow, or this is just going to fucking run away. Yeah. You know, this is a snowball. Well, okay, so do, do you see anything else? Like, after after uh, Wayfinder, I, I don't really see much. I, like, maybe Fairy Mastermind? Fairy, I think Fairy Mastermind is going to see play, so I think some people in Delver are going to try it out, and I think ultimately what's going to happen is people are going to recognize that Fairy Mastermind's effect of whenever your opponent draws their second card each turn, you draw a card, that this card isn't good enough until it draws you its second card so yeah. if you play this in response to their because what are you gonna block like block a delver with it in response to a brainstorm like i don't Here's the thing. <laughs> this card th this card it looks really good and in edh is gonna be a fucking banger right like yeah of course you, you, this will be a 20 dollar card you have you have three opponents like each one of them you know this this will ancestral you by the time you get it it comes back around to you in one v one it's similar to all of the other cards that we've gotten where this card doesn't disrupt your opponent it just levels you it to just whatever lets you doing. keep doing things but, but like the, you're the not only, getting like, the mana for it you know this card reminds me very much of our Ar Ar archivist of uh of, of or gotha or whatever it's the one where it's a one and a flash Ogma. Ogma, archivist yeah. of Ogma. And that one is whenever your opponent searches the library, you gain the life and draw a card. And that card, the, the, the problem with those kinds of cards is the first card that it draws has to replace the fact that you have this card in your deck. So well, let like, me tell you, uh, Phil, uh, that card sees almost no play in EDH where you would think that like a card like that would, would rumble, right? And that's yeah. because it's not stopping other people from doing anything and it's and, just not good enough. And that's where th this card, as a 2-1 flash flyer, isn't a playable legacy card, right? Like, yeah. it's that, that's not the going rate for legacy playable anymore. No, a two now, two the, a two effect, two for now, two doesn't doesn't cut if, it anymore. Turns if out this is drawing you if this is drawing you a card every turn. That yeah, it's good. But yeah. your opponent can just not go into it if they're ahead, right? They can just not play their cantrips if they're ahead, and then you have to still figure it out. And then even if they do, like, okay, the first one it, this replaces itself, but it's still just a two one body. It's going to get outclassed by everything, and then. If this draws two cards, okay, now it's now you're ahead, but like it's not until that point, right? It's not until you're there that it's drawn you two cards, and then also maybe done some kind of trade that it's well, it's it's worth it for the card. All of the other cards that play in a similar space like this that see play are the ones that disrupt your opponent in some way. Uh, uh, what's the the two in a black uh, opposition agent that disrupts yeah. your opponent? Uh, Dothy Voidwalker that disrupts your opponent. Right, it's like it's 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 putting a lynch on what your opponent wants to do, whereas this one's not. Your opponent still gets to do it. You get to benefit from it, but it's not stopping them. So if they want to combo you out, they're just gonna fucking combo you out. You know. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, one of the all-time best Twitter interactions I've ever had this week. Uh, uh, sorry, Brian uh, Brian David Marshall, uh, BDM, uh, tweeted about Oracle of Tragedy and said this. Uh, 
this means that uh, the, the existence of this card means that there is an Oracle of Comedy. And I said the existence of this card means that there is a Batwoman of Tragedy. Hmm. Because Oracle and Bat, yeah. You get it? Yeah, I'm with you, Everyone, bro. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah. I'm with you. We're all with you. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 I was going to say that the, my, my instinct to it implying an Oracle of Tragedy uh, or an Oracle of Comedy is that uh, this card isn't playable and that yeah. is that is its own... Yeah, you know that's a, <laughs> that that's is a, a tragedy and comedy at the same time. You know. All right, so let's go down to the gold cards. I think because uh, unless you see something oh, else, yeah. So I, I've seen people talk about Surge of Salvation, which is the it's a one in a white. I'm sorry, it's a single white for an instant that says you and permanence gain gain hexproof until your next turn. Prevent all damage that black and or red sources would deal to creatures you control. This is another one of those cards where it's like, oh yeah, this could host storm. Oh yeah, this is gonna stop your opponent from doing a thing to you they're just gonna it make never, you discard it from your hand these cards never <laughs> are these are they are never good enough unless it's, unless it's, unless they start making cards that say this card cannot be discarded from your hand from your opponent these cards you know, mean nothing you don't know no, you know like well the thing is that like in response you just respond to the discard spell by giving yourself protection however sure, you can cast it but then your opponent's just not gonna go off they just know? direct like, you anyway see your hand and he's gonna be like, "I'll hold on for another turn, the, and they'll the do only, it next yeah. turn." You know, the only cards, the only card in this space that has ever been playable is Veil of Summer, and that's because that card is a design Oop. mistake. Drew card, yes. Like the, it was the a fact that it does the thing, as well, the yeah. fact that it does a thing and draws a card, like they they acknowledge that it's a mistake because they banned it in yeah. Pioneer, right? They were yeah. like, "This just hoses an entire two. It's not fun. Yeah. Two fifths of the color pie, it, and it, it's just egregious that it lets you draw a card. And the thing is, though, is that. Legacy is the place where all of the egregious designs go to live. So it's true. not Veil of Summer. And even right now... When we had Aaron like Forsyth on the podcast, that's what he said. He's like, it's it, transgressive cards need a place to live. <laughs> Fucking nonsense. But like, this card, the, see, the clip. This, this, this card has great art. We'll see no play. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's talk about these these gold cards. These combo uh, These combo uh, legends, right? Uh, like I'm just making sure. I, I, I think Demone as Demone, that's a that's a Zamone uh, Zamone Zamone and Dina. I, I almost said Demone and Zena. That was uh, Demone is a character from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, mm. So uh, anyhow, this this one's like slightly interesting to me because we're not seeing Abrupt Decay played as constantly anymore. Like it hasn't been played like like at, at a on Tier One decks for a long time, mm. and this has some interesting vibes on it where it's like when you draw your second card you can easily draw draw more than one card a turn in, in legacy target opponent loses like gets drained you basically you know so, siphon soul for uh for two and then the sacrifice another creature uh to draw a card and put a land to play if you have eight or more lands you can do that again the the getting the extra thing is is interesting there but just a three mana three four that like has that incidental effect is is kind of interesting to me. I don't think that it'll necessarily see play, but it, it, it there's a space there. No, there's this will say zero play. You know why? Hmm. Uro Red exists. blast. Uro exists. Uro exists. This is true. You, you're, you're tapping and sacrificing another creature to do something that Uro does for free. Yeah. Uro's a bigger body. It's 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 more it's redundant. It doesn't care about removal. Like. Uro exists means that cards like this don't get to see play. If Uro didn't exist, you'd consider this. Yeah. But well, Phil, Phil, speaking about things exist and, and they won't see play, let's talk about Eren and Giada. 
I think, okay, so it's a one blue white. It's flash flying. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast spells with flash or flying from the top of your library. Oh man, dude, what I would give to just have my own cheap, like uh future site like this on, on a card that let me cast things that I want to cast. <laughs> I, I, I really do like- You don't want to cast I, flash I, and flying cards from the top of your deck? Here's the thing. The only flash and flying cards that you're you, that you'd be playing are like, I don't know. You're playing Dress Down. You're playing Snapcaster Mage. You know. But like again, you have to make up for the fact that this card is in your deck. So you have to be able to draw a card off of it in order for it to be relevant. Because your two three flash flyer that gets hit by everything is not going to be good enough. Yeah. So uh, you have to care about being able to look at the top card of your library. And I'm the, I'm that person. I want to be able to look at the top card of my library more than anybody else. And I, I, it's, it's just, it's so close and it's in the colors I wanted in and it's just too narrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other ones, I mean, I guess maybe Baral and Kari Zev could, could see play. Uh, that is a uh, one uh, blue and a red for a two, four that has first strike and menace. And whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery this turn, you can cast a spell with the uh le with lesser mana value that shares the type of that spell or you can put a 2-1 ragavan token that is not ragavan nimble pilfer just a 2-1 ragavan uh into play instead that look i don't think this will see play either because they're just better things you can be doing at three mana and like at, at, at three mana you could basically be playing a murktide regent right um Uro exists this won't see play yeah. i've seen people that are that are high on this card and it, it, it it's the, i mean the well, there is one part of it where if you when you cast your first incident sorcery spell you can choose to cast something of lesser mana value for free which means that you can't play a one drop and then cast another one drop it has to have lesser mana value yeah i don't see this card being good enough because it doesn't do anything by itself you have to you play well, that it is the thing, thing and you also have to have like a less like you know if you're casting predict you have to have brainstorm in your hand you know like it, you're not getting that value out of it otherwise and the real value here is to get the free spell right like getting a 2-1 the thing is that you're no not even chance. getting the free spell you're getting the mana to cast the spell but you already have it it's not yeah you yeah exactly card. that's what i'm saying like it's just so, like the mana to cast a spell is not that big a deal but uh, especially at... when you know like for for the same cost, you know, thereabouts, uh, you could put an Iconoclast into play and cast Brainstorm and get a 1-1, one, one, you know? Are like... you trying to pay Are you trying to pay three mana and grind to Fairy Narset yeah. and Uro exist? Therefore, yeah. these yeah, cards yeah. don't get to see play. Like, the, 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 the cool thing about this card is that if you cast the spell, or if you cast a spell and then don't uh, play for something else, you get the Ragavan token, and the Ragavan token doesn't exile itself. You just keep the 2-1. Like, that's, like, you do create another body, but then if you create it again, it's legendary, so you have to sacrifice it. It is legendary, you have to, yeah, that's a, that's you a have bummer. To, you either have to get rid of the token in some way, or you're using it in some way to attack or block or whatever, but, like, at that point, like, this is just a bad uh, version of any of the Monastery Mentor effects that we have, which are already too slow in an Urza Saga format, and then, you know, you have the Firewalkers yeah. in Uro. It, it's like, there are too many things that, like, this won't see play unless you're trying to be cute. Um, so here's one that might, might see play, Galta and Maverin, uh, because Sir and the, Mur Sir and the Mur Mirthless exists, right? Like, You're thinking of Sir and looking... Imperious Bloodlord. Yeah, oh, Sir and Imperious Bloodlord, yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, but that's, that's the payoff we've kind of been looking for, is like, how can we show and tell in a vampire that's worth show and telling in on, off of, off of Imperious Bloodlord, right? Zach, you made a Pioneer deck. I made a Pioneer deck. <laughs> We've been looking for something it that does we can happen. show and tell. 
We're looking for something that we can show and tell in, or we can play show and tell. We can play show and tell, and and uh, Atraxa, right? Um, what else? Nothing else looks really super tempting. The sort of ones in futures we're talking about, I guess. So there is. So Halo, we, we can talk about that one, but Halo Forager is a one blue black fairy rogue three one with flying. It says when it enters the battlefield, you can pay X. When you do, you may cast target instant or sorcery card with mana value X from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. Uh, and then you, if you would cast it, you exile it. That's another free way to cast your ancestral visions or otherwise uh, suspend spells for free. So you pay three mana, you X is zero. That that uh, the suspend spells uh, have mana value of zero, and so you can cast them. So there, I mean, okay. you have to have those cards. Those cards have to be in your graveyard. Yeah, they, but yeah. They, oh, they have it, to be in your graveyard. It, it is a it is a three one flyer for three. So like, and it's blue, and so it's like, okay, it's not nothing. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that like, if you are playing with the suspend cards, uh, or trying to get the the free ways to suspend them, that this is another three mana way to do that. Similar to how like shardless agent gives you three mana to do it you know yeah. so th this is a card where it's like it's only going to be in those types of decks that are doing a cute thing so i don't think they're ever going to be good enough because the format's too fast but this rate for the thing that it does has historically been playable yeah i don't know if that i, I don't think that the format's there anymore but yeah unfortunately i play... think uh we, we live in a world where vendelian click just ain't cutting it anymore right but if you were playing your you know th that deck was already in bug Right, so if you're just playing your suspend spells and then looking for the ways to cheat them, then this is another three okay. mana way to cheat it in colors, in the yeah. colors that you were already playing. So it, it has all of the tools for that type of deck to like potentially want it. But so like this is the card where I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if I saw it. Like if I saw it, I'd be like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Like it's doing a yeah. powerful thing and it's in line with the other powerful thing that it was doing before. But I just don't know if the form I think the format's too fast at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, so Sword of Once in Future, that's a TH White reference right there. Uh, so, uh, it's plus one, uh, sorry, plus two, plus two, it's a, you know, the classic sword, three, three mana to cast it, two to equip, plus two, plus two, pro black, pro blue, uh, then, uh, the equipped creature deals damage to a player, surveil two, then you may cast an instant or sorcery spell with mana value of two or less from your graveyard without paying its cost. Yeah, man. You, you sure can. So I, I think this is fine, but you know anybody who's saying like, oh, maybe this is the one that's playable. It's still the blue and red one, still the best one. I, I think even like even getting the cast a spell for free, looking at the top two cards or whatever, like doing two damage and drawing a, a card is still I think the best thing you can be doing with that because like you just want to snowball people with these swords out, and, and that's the one that seems to me. Like it's doing the most work, and it's also protecting you from lightning bolt on on your guys, which is the thing. Like War and Peace would be would be playable the the white and uh, red one if like it was if it was doing anything that was worth doing. It like Stormseekers your opponent and like Gerard's Wisdom's you. I just don't so, think that that's enough uh, to to make it work. And I think that this is in that realm of like just not enough. I think a way that make it more tangible as to like how you would envision this working imagine if it said uh instead of all of the words that it says if it says whenever a creature deals combat damage to a player cast mission briefing yeah yeah exactly and if you're not in the market to cast mission briefing then you're not going to be in the market for the sword yeah uh i mean i think even less so in in that scenario uh, Realm, Realm Breaker of the World Tree uh, will not be playable in, in Legacy. 
But I wanted to insert uh Eben Prater joke right here. Eben Prater is a Prater. And, uh, you know, like you could throw your your whole deck is just is, like is, mono it's, Praetors. Is, it, is the, the subtype actually Praetor on it? Yeah, they changed that in uh, Sanguine Praetor from, I think, Champions of Kamigawa to uh, right. to, to both be Praetors. All right, so what? So if, if somebody can get in a camera match, if somebody can activate Realm Praetor and put Evan Praetor into play, what do they win? Oh, man. Well, we will pay for your weekly event for sure. Like, we'll just hit, hit us up in the discard. It's, with, it's with gotta be proof. on camera. It's gotta be on camera. <laughs> it's gotta be genuine. Your opponent can't let you just do it. Yeah. You have actually you actually have to have like completed it somehow. Ten mana? Is that what it says? Jeez, ten it's mana. Ten, it's, just ten, it's just ten mana, guys. Alright, I take it back. Here's the thing. I actually <laughs> I, I, I'm, I I take everything I just said back. The reward is going to be us telling you not to do it and then Stop. fucking up your night. Stop. Yeah, just don't why, don't, why don't actually throw your knight away. Yeah, don't yeah. don't do it. Do, no, do if, something if you can it, look, look, if you if you do if you do do it, I, I want you to share it with us for sure. But like, come on, what are you trying to do? Why? To do. Why? Um, yeah, I want video evidence. Uh, if we're going to give you anything, um, beyond that, I think uh, you know we don't have everything else is just like cool, cool uh, looking uh, all arts and stuff. Yeah, there's uh, a, like there's a lot of interesting cards, but in fr from uh, from legacy standpoint, they're all just too expensive. Yeah, and uh, there isn't a con like there isn't a deck that produces enough creatures where any of the convoke spells are good enough. That's why I was saying that I think that the only space that I really see so far are there are enough powerful things for a go wide strategy that if you really leaned hard into it, it's giving you a lot of really interesting new tools. Uh, in particular, Elish Norn is a way to just go over the top of everything else. Yeah. But beyond that, I don't think that what we've seen so far uh, is is enough. I, I'm interested, like, Dust Legion Duelist is a 2-2 for one and a white with Vigilance that says whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on it, you draw a card. It only activates once a turn. Uh, but what, what was the... There's the one and a white that at the beginning of combat, you put a plus one plus one counter on a creature. Oh, uh, yeah. In, like, I, yeah, in, it's, like, it's a... Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It, that that card sees play in, in Pioneer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, that, that's you build a Pioneer like deck, Phil. <laughs> build, a, build a Pioneer deck. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I... I wanted to say, uh, this, this set is very exciting, uh, the, like, storyline and stuff for this set, but I think that uh, one of the things that uh, we, we don't often say when a set comes out is, like, how much I like this set based on the fact that it doesn't seem like it's going to truly impact uh, Eternal Formats this time around, mm -hmm. you know? And it's been a while since we've had a set that isn't like, hey, we've just added a brand new archetype to, to, here, to here, Legacy. I, 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 I'll, I'll follow and say that I do like that. It, it's not necessarily, I don't see anything that's being added to the already very powerful dominant archetypes of the format. Yeah. Right? I'm seeing stuff that maybe a tokens deck comes out of it. Uh, yeah, sure. Like, I'm, I'm fine with some, like, tier three nonsense happening or, like, hey, if if the, a tokens deck becomes a tier one deck, cool. That's new Let's, and different. But, like, yeah. we're not just, like, making Blue Red Delver even more powerful by putting out, like, yet another cantrip for it to use or something, you know? Also, like, I would strictly upgrading Brainstorm to a draw four or something Right, like exactly. That. Yeah, yeah. I would be remiss if I didn't point out that they... Uh, power crept uh, Baneslayer Angel and downgraded it from Mythic to Rare. Oh, There's yeah? Boon, Boonbringer Valkyrie, which is three white, white, four, four, four with backup one. Backup is when it enters the battlefield, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it, uh, on target creature. 
if it's another creature that you put the plus one plus one counter on, it gains whatever abilities are underneath this text until yeah. end of turn. And it's this cool. Text is it is actually a cool and like very fun thing to do. The flavor, the, the the abilities that it would grant to another creature if you put a counter on another creature is flying first strike and lifelink. Now, flying first strike and lifelink are all of the relevant abilities of Baneslayer Angel. The ones that it doesn't have are protection, uh, protection from dragons, from demons, protection from <laughs> demons and dragons. Yes. Now, flying first strike and lifelink though, you can just back up one onto Boonbringer Valkyrie, and so it's a four four with a plus one plus one counter on it, so it's a five five, and it's a Baneslayer. So it's Boom. a Baneslayer with optionality, and yeah. it's a rare how far we've come yeah man i remember i remember they were like 30 bucks wallet slayer angel man yeah, uh right. yeah uh so i guess that that kind of that kind of does it for this week for us um one thing i want to say is hey we're almost to 500 subscribers once we hit 500 subscribers i can start doing quizzes on youtube and stuff like that so if you're not subscribed please you know go go to the youtube channel subscribe to the podcast you know d do all that stuff please comment uh you know the comment thing is really helping us out. Uh, I I want to do uh, I want to start doing a comment of the week each week and a poll of the week. Uh, I did want to show uh, we have the poll up from last week that was pretty fun, which was like, you know, uh, who do you think is coming back from uh, from uh, Ogrotha? And uh, most people most people just thought it was going to be somebody other than uh, Ishin Shade, Veldrain, or Grandma Singir. So uh, we'll pop that over here to just show it um but uh yeah i think i i i really like uh interacting with everybody in the comments and i've started to add uh some functionality into the uh spot if you listen to us on spotify uh there are questions and stuff on spotify that i've that i've asked as well aside from like what did you think of this episode so uh i'm gonna start trying to like interact with the inter with, with people there as well uh as always you can hit us up in our discord uh we're constantly there talking about decks phil's like just this week phil was talking to one one of our listeners about uh how to approach uh a legacy event with his uh un, like un, under costed uh miracles deck so that was pretty cool we do that all the time so like you know we're kind of uh we just kind of live on the internet and we like and we like talking to people so if you hit us up in the discord uh we're, we're there and you know the community's there too and the community's pretty ac excellent Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, with that said, uh, don't forget to like and subscribe as always. And uh, we will see you next week, everybody. Have a good one.